Hey yo, how's it going, Paniacs? Oh man, it's about quarter to midnight. Got a glass of red wine, just melting in this pleather office chair I got down here in the dungeon. And come slip into my spirals. time guys thanks again uh numbers are still looking fantastic i appreciate you guys catching up on past episodes and uh welcome all the new paniacs out there i just recorded uh an episode on fantasy football in the box office draft hope you enjoyed it i actually just finished my last fantasy football draft of the year not completely proud of it but part of the process is the season the draft and you can't lose that that's how active you are afterwards i'll make it out on top so i took a little break it wasn't all completely intentional took a took a uh, family vacation caught a case of the vid to be honest i really thought i was uh immune there for a long time but yeah you know everybody's catching it nowadays right so yeah kind of sidelined for a bit and got quarantined you know what you know I've, I've said it before on the show this is not i don't care about your opinions on covid if you know whatever we're all in it um i quarantined because we're coming into the school year and i didn't want my kids to get sick that's just responsible shit to do whether or not you believe in it or not or what your viewpoints are on it um just wanted my kids to enjoy their first days of school. And everybody's like, oh, man, quarantine, that's dope. Like, you just got to sit back and watch Netflix and stuff. And, well, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think those are people that just want to get away from their family that, that love quarantine, man. I, I, it sucked being away from them that long. And, again, while I'm talking to you guys, I mean, at night and part of the reason I started paint productions in the first place was to talk to friends and, and connect, but my mind never stops working, man. Like all night, every night I, I, I need a distraction. So here, here's going to be a little bit of a sharing time. My notes kind of look like Pepe Silva for all you, uh, <laughs> always sunny fans out there. So let's see if I can make some coherence of this i'm not even 100 sure that's a real word but yeah man uh family vacation was awesome well, i went up to chicago we did the whole thing you know the tourist stuff the good stuff and you know, water taxi navy pier shed aquarium cubs game stayed at a vrbo in lincoln park everything's in walking distance it was it was great and this isn't an us versus them kind of thing because I'm perfectly comfortable here in Champaign. And I loved my little jaunts up to the big city. And, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of stationed in between three major metros between St. Louis, Chicago, and Indy, which is just enough to get a sample. But I can't be a city guy, man. 
I, I, I actually, I take, I think like age is 23 to 28. I could have been a city guy. Like that's, that's the pace I needed to be at to be a city guy. Now, I don't think I probably would have had the, the, the deep enough pockets to be a quote unquote city guy and do it up right at 28 or 23 to 28. But that, that's my speed coming in as a parent. Everything's just a bit too extra for me nowadays. Like, I don't understand how you guys do, like, soccer practice, man. Like, to get home, get my kids' shin guards on, find my kids' shin guards, get them to practice. Like, I don't know where you guys park. Parking, man. Everything having to do with parking is just baffling to me. I don't even really understand how you guys get Taco Bell. But I do love it. And I love you warriors up there making it happen. And that's your thing, dude. City life is not built for everyone, but I'm, I'm happy you all are doing it. But whoo, school, like everything, man, it's just I get more power to you parents in the big city, man. You guys are on a different kind of hustle. We, I'm a little more kicked back down here. All right. So, yeah. All right. Okay. During quarantine, I did binge a lot of things, man. That's you know, I was kind of in my own aquarium, um, and I came to a realization as I was uh, catching up on Obi Wan Kenobi. It was a show that I started, you know, it's Star Wars, man. If I could go back <clears throat> time and tell myself as like a teenager, maybe even preteen, that like, hey. You're going to have a magic box and you're going to have like all these awesome superhero shows and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars like firing at you at all cylinders all the time, man. My head would have exploded and it kind of does. That's the first problem, which kind of being forced to binge watch things is like, man, so much to choose from. But I'm getting off the topic here. Let's get back to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I realized, and I'm going to catch shit for this, but I don't, I don't like prequels and I don't like flashbacks. I don't, I, I don't like that as a mechanism for telling a story. Another one that just wrapped up better call Saul. I didn't, I've, I've watched like three episodes. I don't, I, there's, I don't like not, I don't like not, I, I don't like knowing the person telling the story man like now i know throughout the whole story nothing's gonna happen to them and i've watched so much star wars that like i I know oh no you're gonna kidnap leia oh no like i i know she flies in space and dies there oh no she comes back to life but um i know kenobi eventually falls to vader you know on purpose but that whole it was cool. Don't get me wrong. I like I like watching how they redo, you know, the fight scenes. How like Darth Vader and and uh, and Luke are like much more badass and like can control their force and do like all kinds of advanced moves now. I'm talking Luke from Mandalorian, but you know Kenobi too. You know, and they're, they're throwing rocks and shit all over the place. It's dope. But there was no suspense, man. Like literally the. whole whole series i'm just like what am i waiting for man i mean the last the last duel was cool but i knew that like 
both of them are going to go on. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I didn't watch Saul because I, I don't care. I, I, Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows. I know where Saul picks up from there. Now, I guess they flash forward a little bit in that. So maybe I'll watch the last episode or two and just see what happens. I, I did love the Saul character. Been a big Bob Odenkirk fan since Mr. Show. But, like, again, they're like, oh, man, they're going to bring back Gus. They're going to bring back Mike. You know, Jesse and Walt are going to make a can. I know what happens to all of them, man. That's it's not exciting to me. You can do it right. Um, you know, I, th- I think it shows, or a movie, like uh, Usual Suspects, when you're watching Verbal, he's not the main character, so you think. So that little twist and turn was cool. Because when he was involved in the scene, you, didn't, you knew he wasn't going to die, but it didn't really matter because he's just telling the story from the sidelines. Again, so you think. And while I'm on that point, when you go back and watch Usual Suspects, the very beginning of the movie, they make a, a big deal out of the gun hand and how the gun is held. And, like, I made note of that. And, like, I, 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 I knew. I knew the twist. Not, not chest pumping or anything like that, but, you know, if you haven't watched it that closely, or maybe this is super obvious and it's all over the Internet or whatever, I've never Googled, like... Does anybody know how the ending of Usual Suspects was before? You know, no. But I made note of that. I was like, why do they keep? Why do they show his hand and he switches hand and the and you know and Gabriel Burns like, ah oh, man, like I knew it was verbal. But regardless, well done, well done. So I, I powered through that and a couple other shows. I'm watching Evil on Paramount Plus. I, I recommend that. Um, but then I was thinking about the box office draft again, check out that episode if you haven't seen it and Top Gun's on, on Netflix now. So I, of course, you know, threw that on best thing about watching movies over and over again is you can kind of zip through it and, uh, hold on before I get into that spoiler alert, I, w- I won the box office draft, but you, you knew, you knew that. From when, <laughs> from when I drafted it, it was a masterful draft. No, I I won because Maverick became like one of the biggest movies, like of all time. But um, there was a bet in there which uh, one of the guests on my podcast, Sean, lost, and he has to pay me twenty dollars, which isn't a lot of money. But uh, we agreed to donate it to a a worthy cause. So if any of you Paniacs are listening right now. Uh, hit me up either at Twitter at P-A-I-G-N-P-R-O or DM me or whatever. Uh, we're looking for a place to donate 20 bucks. So if you have like a smaller not-for-profit, like a real small one, you know, where 20 bucks might actually be like, hey, man, thanks. You know, we're not going to, not that huge not-for-profit and charitable organizations aren't important, but... These guys are raking in like 30, 40 million, like <laughs> on a whim. You know, if you got a local animal rescue or I don't, you know, a kid's a kid's fundraiser or something, you know, something kind hearted and good that twenty dollars might actually do something for. Let me know. Um, 
We have a current future bet in that episode, though, which I won't spoil it for you. So you, you listen to that. So we'll keep that going. So if you guys have, like, a charitable organization, we, we want to give them 20 bucks. So hit that up. Again, Pepe Silva. I'm all over the place. Spiraling. So where was I? Oh, yeah, Top Gun. So I'm watching Top Gun. And the call signs, you know, it was always notorious for that. That's why the sequel's called Maverick. That was Tom Cruise's call sign. And um, I started going down this rabbit hole of 80s movies and nicknames. Like, you know, that one, everybody was a nickname. Nobody really, what was his real name, Tom, Tom Kaczynski? Or was that Iceman's real name? I don't know. But there's Iceman, there's Wolfman, there's... Uh, Goose, obviously, Maverick, Merlin, Jester. My favorite, though, Slider. That's a tight nickname. That's a great call sign. It's the most wicked pitch in in baseball. It's also a delicious tiny cheeseburger. It uh, It's whimsical, but it's still badass. Everything about the name Slider was cool, man. And I, he was always my favorite character in there, even though he really didn't do much in, in the movie, but... Shouts to Slider. But then I was like, man. I started thinking about, like, Ogre. That was like an 80s nickname. You know, that guy. Epitomized everything in Ogre Wood. You know, burping, peeing for, like, six minutes. Yelling nerds at the top of his lungs. And, and it had, like, the body composition of a, a, a trash bag full of uh, Nerf balls. Like, yeah, man, that's an ogre. Um, he ended up being an all right guy, though, in the sequel. He, he turned it around. Animal Mother. You know, again, military. But, yeah, that guy, he changed his stripes when he got to Chuck. Well, not really. I guess he was kind of the same character. But Animal Mother is kind of a, a wild-ass nickname. Um. If you don't remember, it's from Full Metal Jacket, if you haven't seen that. But um, can I say um a few more times? Jesus. I'm not going to edit any of this out, by the way. When you're in the spirals, you're going to get straight through. I'm not I'm not taking care with this one. Um, Jesus. Nuclelouch. Yeah, you remember that one. Bull Durham. He was volatile. Mouth from the Goonies. That's the perfect name for the smart-ass little shit that Corey Feldman was. That's perfect. Everybody needs a mouth in their group, even though he was annoying. And they had that wild scene where he was going to be an interpreter to the new housekeeper. Yeah, man. Mouth mouth was a great one. My favorite, though. And I, I went and watched part of this movie as well. Boof. That's right. Lisa Marconi is the character's name from a movie in the 80s called Teen Wolf. She goes by Boof. Her name's Marconi. I, nobody explains where Boof came from. It's fun to say, though. Boof. If you say it too often, though, it gets kind of goofy. But Boof. And it's not like a... <clears throat> a slam like I remember like I think I was maybe in high school when it was like an emphatic statement like boof 
but it was like on top of something else like oh i just cut you down boof what are you gonna do it was like on top of it it wasn't on its own and nobody makes fun of her by calling her boof there's actually a scene at the party where everybody's like boof 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 like this is just this is just it she's boof and i want to know why (laughs) i've I've never seen heard or met another boof like if it held a special place in a parent's heart from the 80s like nobody named somebody named their kid boof didn't they i'm gonna have to look that up this is why I don't sleep. I'm about to look up if there are children named Boof in America. But yeah, that that nickname was rad. They also had another go. Styles was also in that movie too. Great nickname. Um, but yeah, it was weird movie, man. I wish they made more movies like that. Even the straight to streaming stuff, which is kind of like straight to video when when we were younger. Like, take more chances. Start doing things. You know, don't reinvent Teen Wolf, but do something like a Teen Wolf. But yeah, man, she uh, she was like Scott Howard's childhood friend. Um, but for some reason, he gets home from school and she's playing a weird pickup basketball game with him in the driveway where she's like backing him down in the post. And it's, it was it's very awkward. All right, man, <laughs> I'm going to get off nicknames. Um And I also started talking to myself a little bit in quarantine. Yeah, I do that from time to time. But it's not what you think. And recently, it's kind of been fortuitous. I don't think that's the right word. But yeah, one of the podcasts that I, you know, in, in my network, reached out and was looking for someone to voice over intros for their podcast and one of my dream jobs is to be a voice actor but i've never worked on it you know those people that do that i'm proud of you you got lots of talent and i and i'm jealous the fact that you can wake up in the morning and put on like a pair of uh cut off sweats and some slides shirt optional Go into your studio, read some scripts, email them off, and and count cheddar, man. But anyway, yeah, so um, they asked me to read a script and and do an intro, and I was happy to do it, and and they enjoyed it. So I'm I'm excited for that. But uh, I think from being a a parent is what's kind of helped fuel this. Like I always wanted to do it. And then I worked at a radio station and like there would be commercials and stuff and they'd ask me to do voices or like, you know, hey, why don't you come in and do a read for something? And I'd get stage fright. I don't don't know why the hell I'd get stage fright. It's in a studio. There was literally one other person there, but I just didn't want to let it out. But when you're a parent, you start reading stories. And the more voices you can do for your kids when you're reading them stories, the more they get interested in reading and the more fun they have. And it all goes from there. And it started with, we were reading like this DC comic book Lego type thing. And every, every 
page is a is a new character. So I just started doing the classics, you know, like it's Mr. Freeze. So, you know, it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Mr. Freeze. Terrible Schwarzenegger, but my son loved it. And all you know, I'm going to make everything ice cold. And I was doing all the puns. And then it spawned off into uh, Batman. You know, I'm taking inspiration from um, Will Arnett. You know, trying to do uh, Batman, you know. But I just focused on the fact that he's a billionaire. So that was my whole shtick was I got billions of dollars, Derek. Billions. Talking to my son, I'm a billionaire. So he started imitating that later on, too. And that, you know, it just starts fueling it. It fuels it. And then as they feed off the voices, you know, you just want to do more of them, man. And I was doing burn, you know. You got to go to bed or else you'll deal with the reckoning. These are not all great. I'm I'm still a work in progress, folks. But, yeah, they wanted, like, a, a deeper voice for this reading. So I was, like, working on my, like, hey, hey, how you doing? Or anything like that, you know. In a world when you need to go to bed. It's just fun. I love it. So mess around, you know, if you... If you got kids, man, mess around with voices. I invented Scarecrow. I don't even know what the hell. I haven't read enough comic books or watched enough. So I invented like kind of a hybrid between um, the uh, old man from Family Guy that was always into Chris. You know, the mostly on paper boy. Um, <clears throat> so Crow, he'd always be like, hey, man, how y'all doing? He's a little bit country and and a lot white trash. So that was always good. I'd, I'd try to do a Harley Quinn with like, hey, you toots, how you doing? Heavy New York accent. Um, whatever. Tons of voices. Experiment with them. I always think about uh, uh, the Joker voice that um, Mark Hamill does. That's amazing shit, you know, with the extra gravelly thing. And uh, one of our Lego stories had had a uh rex fury character so it's like yeah rex fury coming at you i won't bore you with like my thousands of voices but i'm excited about this and i want to keep trying it and that's just something i'm into now so yeah when i'm when i was stuck in quarantine i just kept working on all of them and they're all pretty uh basic right now but let it be known on uh, September 7, 2022 is my voyage to becoming a voice actor. While we're talking about voyages, I was on a podcast. Um, man, was that a week week or two ago? Shout out to the Happy Hour podcast that broadcasted for 40 hours straight. Mike and Tabby, great folks there. I've been on uh, one or two of their episodes. They've been on mine. And uh, it was fun, man. I did an early shift and then came back later at like 2 a.m. and did the late shift. And those are two different vibes. But um, it was a blast. It got me started thinking about other world records. And I was searching those out. And there's... There's a lot of random ones that I think can be easily beat. 
And the one that caught my eye was stocking as many cans of soda. I guess it was beer. I think it just said cans in a fridge that starts closed. Stocking them without denting, spilling, tipping, anything like that. And it was 24 cans in a shade over nine seconds. And I know I'm not the only one to do this, but, you know, they got the new, the 12 packs in, like, the smaller cases now. They're like a square. They line up 12 of them, six by six. But if you rip open the front and the back, they're, like, kind of barn door style. You set the the end of that on your shelf of your fridge, and you can just push all the cans in. And I don't know if they did that technique. I don't know if you can do that technique. But, dude, I can beat this. I know I can. If I can get, like, a little table behind me holding, like, two prepped 12-packs. I don't know if, like, you have to have open. I am doing more research. So let me get back to you on this. But um, if I can just flip those in, vroom, vroom, I got, like, seconds to spare. I, can, I think I can reach 30. Well. Let's just go 26 just to be safe, but I want to break a world record. That's next on my list. All right, I'm spiraling out of control now. I don't even know how long I've been recording, but I'm going to go and wrap this bad boy up like I always do with a solo draft. So again... Stuck in the stuck in the quarantine room. I had a nice like outdoor space and stuff. Don't don't cry for me. It wasn't bad at all. Just missing the fam. And uh indecisive about what I should watch. And it got me thinking about background shows, because mostly what I wanted to do was um have TV on but think about other shit or be on your phone. You all do it, man. Background shows. That's basically what I'm going with. Either, you know, or if you can go to a hotel, what do you go for? You're not going to sit down. You just got to a hotel, like you're ready to hit the town or you have, you have family with you, but you turn on the TV to have a little background noise or, you know, you throw on a few things or whatever. So I'm going to do my favorite six background shows. And the number one draft pick I know you've said it out loud or at least thought it in your brain since I started bringing up the subject. It's law and order. That is the goat of background shows. And I haven't done research on this, but I, I believe it's been on for at least 20 years. At least 20 years. I remember watching it young, like still living at home young. Like, what do you know about um, Paul Servino? Law and Order. What do you know about Chris Noth, Law and Order? I mean, obviously, Stabler's the king. Um, shaking his, 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 his dumpy around. Man, that guy's in a fantastic shape in his 60s, dude. I need to get my shit together. But Law and Order, it's always on. There's marathons all the time, everywhere, nighttime, daytime, anytime. And that's always something you can you can throw on. And back in the day, 
before you even knew some of these people were famous, you, you might have seen them in like another movie or TV show or something. You always recognize someone in a Law and Order. It's like, oh, yeah, that guy. And you knew that was the one who did it. Like, even if they interviewed him and cleared him, and it was like, oh, shit, it wasn't, it wasn't that guy. He ended up lying about his story, and it turned out, went back around, and like, damn it, it totally was. Horse Shack. I don't know. Somebody like that. Some, some off-brand, like, oh, man, remember him? Or someone that was, like, an up-and-comer. So many people go through... Some of your favorite actors, IMDb's, and I bet a lot of them had been in at least one episode of Law and Order. My second pick, of course, Triple D, King of the Food Network himself, Guy Fieri. His inaugural show—I think that was his first show—but it's the first one I remember. Greatest job on the planet, after voice acting. Um. Drive around everywhere. Eat food. Talk about it. Ding. But the best part about it is when you watch Triple D, like, he's just, I mean, and I'm not sliding, guy. Guy knows his shit, you know. He's the creator of Donkey Socks, dude. He's he's my mayor. My mayor of Flavortown. But when he tries his food, he watches them make it. And they're like, oh, you know, the, the secret to my potatoes is, you know, two extra scoops of cardamom. And, you know, I, I, I throw some, some real animal lard in there and top it off with some toothpaste. And What? All right, you know, I'll try it out. Ah. And he does. And then he's like, man, the cardamom. Mm, mm, mm. And he's taking bites. Gives good bite. And, you know. He's just firing it back at him and then gives him a fist pump and then, like, heads out in his in his little tiny uh, red convertible. But I can't stop watching it. I, it's on all Friday night, I think all Saturday night, too. That's always the comfort that's going to get you there. So Triple D's high on the list. Another one for, for you late-night owls that I don't know, I'm not sure you're all familiar with, but... Uh, Impractical Jokers? Have you all watched that? It's kind of like that reality... It's not punked because, you know, they don't know these people, but it's the messing with people. Prank prank show, I guess you could call it. Um, some of it's corny, but a lot of it's actually really funny. You know, they'll do the earpiece thing and, like, try to get them to say things to people or perform stunts, but you know, all in, all in public. And it just works, dude. That, that formula always works for me. And these guys are, are good at it. They all are, you know, close friends and they make like kind of a wager game show thing out of it. But like I said, you can kind of pick and choose the pranks so you don't have to watch the whole thing so you can kind of tune in and out but it's on at like till at least i think it might be tbs or true tv i don't even know what network it is i think it's one of the ones that that shows the uh off games from the ncaa tournament was probably how i originally discovered it but yeah man 
that'll get you through a late night of insomnia if you're looking for such a thing. So I got three. This next one's a category of shows that became pretty popular. It's just finding shit. That's what I like to call it. The finding shit shows. You know, you had your um, American Pickers. Or you had your Pawn Stars. My favorite, though, was Storage Wars. Storage Wars, I still love it. And I don't care. Hey, Ryan, it was totally scripted. I don't care, man. I really don't. I like the whole aspect of the bidding for the locker. I, I really wanted to do this. I started looking in Champagne if there was ever any locker auctions because it just looks so fun. But, you know, the bidding of the locker and then they go through the locker and like, oh, man, this is a locker's a total bust. And then it's like, wait, what's that over there? And then the zoom to commercial. Great tease. Then we come back and it's like, oh, rare antique tea set from the Ming Dynasty. Like, what? What the hell's that doing in between golf bags and uh, old Afghans? But I always enjoyed it. Some of it seemed real. I'm sure a lot of it wasn't. It was real to me. If you can watch uh, WWE, you can enjoy my Storage Wars journey. But, you know, they try to make characters out of the people that were in it. Some of them made money and came out with, like, apparel and swag and all that kind of stuff. You know, good for them. Man. <clears throat> make it happen, man. Storage Wars is high on my list. If you have the Game Show Network, uh, actually, Game Show Network has been on for a long time. Speaking of going way back, Law and Order style, the Game Show Network first debuted when I was in college. So we're talking a long time ago. So much that I wrote a paper about the Game Show Network and how I thought it was going to be like the next big thing. And I broke down like their lineup and how they were doing things for the modern audience versus the throwback audience and the demographics. It was probably a real bad paper, but I was passionate about it. And, you know, back then I, I liked watching Match Game and Old Family. But, but what gets me through nowadays and in recent memory is Family Feud, man. That is my ultimate background game show. Because Steve Harvey's going for it, man. You know he is. He's playing to the crowd. He's playing to the families. He's having a blast. But you can also play along with the category. You know, you don't really... They talk so much and have so much in between each answer that you don't have to exactly have a white-knuckle effect, you know, like trying to beat the clock here. You do at the finale. You know, everybody puts down their phone for the finale. But again, you do the 60 seconds and then the 90 seconds. Or sorry, scratch that, reverse it. But so you only have to really pay close attention to that because you want to get your answers in before the person that's actually giving their answers. So you don't look like you're biting their shit. But Family Feud is always, always a fun time, man. Even the, like the bloopers or like whatever, the, the videos you see on social media have like, Millions of views. I know you all love Family Feud, and that that's a great background show. 
So that's my fourth pick. Mm. Now I got a choice between a couple here. Ah, I got to stick true to myself and confess something to you guys. Yes, I love The Office. Yes, I love Seinfeld. These are some of my favorite sitcoms of all time. But for some reason, I I have to pay attention to those. It's probably why I, I'm saying some reason. Because I, I, I actually do watch those shows more than look at my phone or, or you know, write notes for the show. Um, but King of Queens was my weak spot, man. I, I don't get it. Maybe it's my uber crush on Stacey Carosi from Saved by the Bell when she was on the beach episode. Um, and Leah Remini's been through some wild shit, so if, if you're not up to date on her, check that out. But that's that's for a whole different spiral. Um, but something about it, man. It worked. Jerry Stiller. I don't know. It It was... It was pretty straightforward i mean like the plots were were pretty obvious there wasn't but it worked man i I don't know why it it was a perfect background show you know again that was uh another one where uh walt breaking bad why can't i remember his his real name that's when you know you made it and immersed yourself in the character when it, it, it it's hard for you to remember. He's like one of the biggest actors on the planet, and I can't even remember his name. He played the neighbor, and they had an above-ground pool. Like, some of the plots were always good, you know. The friends were, the friend group was good. The Everything about it, um, I loved it. I loved it. I'm not ashamed to say it. So King of Queens is a, is a late-night background show or daytime background show. It's, it's you know, it feels comfy to put it on for me. It's a straightforward kind of uh, sitcom, but I like it. But, yeah, when you break it down to his bare bones, it's the, you know, the sassy wife and the bumbling, overweight husband. But it works. And the last one. Mm. Tough call, tough call, tough call. I'm between two. I am going to choose. Well, you know, I always do honorable mentions anyway, which is kind of the cheat code of doing a bag of six anyway. Uh, Fine, I'll take House Hunters. I love it. You know you do too. You have to reach a certain age, I think, to enjoy House Hunters like... I don't think in college I'd have liked House Hunters. It would have been my other call. It was between that and Family Guy. Because Family Guy's Family Guy doesn't really have a plot. I mean, there's an underlying thread, but it's basically just a, a big smorgasbord of movie references and puns and sight gags all smushed together. And that's what makes it a good background show because some things are funny and some things are not. And you just kind of pluck where you want but house hunters man it's classic and you've seen the jokes about it you know this guy is a he's a independent podcaster and she is a uh you know 
she grows sunflowers for for assisted living facilities. And their budget is six point three million dollars. But it's just cool to see different towns and houses and layouts and you know and, and just make your own little personal wager which one they're gonna pick and yeah. That's where it's at, dude. I, 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 I like house hunters. I would cheat and say beachfront bargain hunt. I might like a little bit more, but it's not on as frequently. I'm not I'm not streaming any of these shows. These have to be on. Cause I miss it. I still have a cable subscription, folks. Because I miss channel flipping. You know when when you're my age, you that's how you grew up. You flip channels until you found something that stuck. Now, you might have had one pay channel, so that's where you gravitated to. So you watch, like, the same movie three times in a day. Cause they, like, if they got a new movie, it's like, man, that, that's going to be pumped, pumped through. But you also had the the older movies that, that, that reached, you know, syndication. And that's what I live for nowadays. Like, I, I'll... I'll I'll swing by TNT or TBS or any of these new offshoot channels out there on cable. And it's like, why, yes, I will watch The Fugitive. I haven't seen that movie in forever, dude. And if you can catch that at the train crash, whoo, you're in. National Treasure. I was never going to watch that again. I, I am now, though. Cycling back to what I was saying about all these freaking choices out there. I, I don't rewatch movies like I used to. I have a DVD collection that's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> Much to my wife's lament. Sitting in storage containers. All my DVDs because I won't give them up. No, no, I won't give them up. You guys still trust computers, don't you? But in college, you had like mm, maybe a dozen videotapes. And so did your friends and other people on your floor. And you passed them back and forth. And you watched them over and over and over again. Like I, I can still remember my college days. It was like Friday, Days of Confused, Austin Powers, just random but like you watch the doors for some reason I watched the doors probably 50 times um natural born killers maybe I should stop you know giving a, <laughs> a glimpse into my soul here but yeah man you traded videotapes or you had the tapes that you taped and people still call it tape I watch TikTok nowadays like you videotaping me you tape stuff and so you'd actually have blank tapes and I had like a Simpsons master mix tape because I, I knew when the syndicated episodes would come on and I'd start recording as it began and if it was an episode I wanted I let it run and if it was an episode I didn't want I stopped it and rewound it and so I made like a mixtape of Simpsons episodes and if I was really savvy I'd pause the commercials too but yeah, that's not a that's not a uh, that's a game for the fast and loose man. Cause if you forget to unpause it, then your whole your whole shit's ruined. 
All right, I'm getting off the subject. So that's my list. Finish it off with House Hunters. I'll let you guys go. Appreciate you once again for joining me on this ride on Pain Productions. Again, let me know if uh, any small, like even if there's like a lemonade stand, something, I don't know, something I can Venmo somebody, whatever. I want to help do something cool for 20 bucks. Do something cool for 20 bucks might be the new website I started up. Hit me up. P-A-I-G-N-P-R-O. All the social medias. That's where you can get in touch with me. Alright? And as always, you know, I can still taste the hot tub. <laughs> Take care, Paniacs.